0: Boy, my name is Pastor Rich Lee, Pastor here, and uh, you guys join us at a good time. We're in week three of our series, We Are Family, and today we're going to talk about uh, one family. How, we, how many were here last week? Talk about part of family, and I challenge everyone to take your, your spouses out, have a great time, and date night, and um, everyone have a great time on Valentine's night? I heard a couple of them didn't do it. Um, you will be reprimanded when the service is over. Uh <laughs> And we told you to have a great time, but you didn't do it. So uh, you know who you are, and you, you'll get the memo after service. But today we're going to talk about one family. And I'm to, today I'm going to have Abe. Abe is a good friend. Uh, join our church, and he's from the Philippines. Before he reads, yeah, you. we're going to uh, be in the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2. But before he reads it, I want to share um, just a testimony to you. Back in 1991, 92, I believe, um, when I, was, I got promoted in the military and I was supposed to go to a war ceremony, I mean a pin-on ceremony. Well, the way it turned out, the pin-on ceremony happened the same time I was going to on a mission trip. It was my very first mission trip. And I was already in flux about if I was going to uh, spend another 10 years in the military I was going to just do my, receive my um, promotion or get, and do my time and get out. And my very first trip was to the Philippines. And I remember I was, I was threatened, if you go on this trip, it doesn't look good if you don't walk the stage and all those things. I said, I'm going on a trip. I really feel like I have to go on a trip. Well, when I went to the Philippines, it really changed my life. And that was the first trip I went on, and I spent there spent there two, uh, two, uh, two weeks there. And we did a lot of work, the evangelism, built some churches, and did a lot of things. And God really worked on my heart about the direction I should change, the direction I should go in my life the rest of my life. Let's fast forward now to February 18th, 2018, and A, Who's from the Philippines came from my Philippine church and joined our church here in Abilene, Texas. And uh, how God, we're talking about one family, how God has joined us together here all these years. And God already knew that I had to, He's gonna change my life, that we've become family here. And He's gonna read a scripture out of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 19, to His language, the Golly, And He's gonna read that, and then I'm gonna read it, and then we're gonna just pray. And, and, uh, See what God does this morning. Everyone excited about that? So Abe, hey, come on over. I, think I can I can stay right here because I'm 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 isolated here today, and uh, I'm gonna have getting read Abe for me.
1: Thank you ay kanyang pinag Sa pamamagitan ng kanyang katawan, pinaawi niya ang alitan na parang pader na naghihiwalay sa atin. Pinagulangbisa niya ang kautosang pawang mga utos at alituntunin upang ang mga hudyo at ang mga hintil ay maging iisang bayan na at ganito'y maghari sa kapayapaan. Verse 16, Sa pamamagitan ng kanyang kamatayan sa krus, Winakasal niya ang kanilang alitan. Pinakasundon sila sa Diyos at pinabuklod sa isang katawan. Napalito nga si Kristo at ipinangaral niya sa lahat ang magandang balita ng kapayapaan na inyong mga hintid at ang inyong mga hudyo. Dahil kay Kristo, tayo ka nakakalapit sa presensya ng Ama sa pamamagitan ng isang Espiritu. Sa How hindi na kayo dayuhan o ibang bansa, kundi kababayan ng mga hinirang ng at kabilang sa kanyang sambahayan.
0: Amen. About that, guys. Abe and his family come here by way of Hendrix Hospital, and we have another fam- Filipino family that came here by Hendrix Hospital. A- Abilene, Texas is becoming international and become amazing culturally, with diverse culturally, which is amazing. Thank you, Abe. Coming out and just joined the church a couple weeks ago and I'm really excited. Next week we're gonna introduce him and his wife to the church and all our new members to the church. But uh, if you have your Bibles again, I'm gonna reread it and um, we're we'll gonna see what God does. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus you once will far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one, has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments and expressing ordinance that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. He might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now as you tell us what, what true biblical family looks like It really is. And, Father, I pray we have a revelation and catch the vision of what you want to do in our city, through through us, Grace Point Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a scripture here. If you ever know about the book of Ephesians, they call it actually the uh, epistle to the church. And Paul wrote this as a circular letter going around that region, talking about what the church is and what the church isn't. Talks about us individually. Then you get down to chapter 2, talks about the church corporately, who we are as a corporate body of people. And he's talking about here, you get into the point of where Christ was and how what the power of Jesus dying on the cross meant for us as a people. Now, we, when we talk about salvation, a lot of times we just talk about um, salvation for me personally. But we start to see that really the power of the gospel when you look in verse 13. It says, but we're now in Christ Jesus. We were once far off and brought near by the blood of Christ. And talking about there in verse 13, sacrifice was able to bring us near. The gospel was able to bring us near where we were once separated. Now, we see in today's society, sin is the great separator of mankind. How many agree? Sin has separated us, and um, flesh became our problem that separated us. Now, the solution was Jesus, who became flesh, to unite us. And his blood is the one that brought us back together. And what I'm going to talk about today is ethnic diversity, biblical ethnic diversity. Now, usually when we have a month like this or a time like this, we will talk about race. Well, race is not in the Bible. That's a social issue. If you take sociology, you'll see about race. In the Bible, it's called ethnos, ethnic groups, tribes, ethnos, different ethnic groups. And we're going to talk about ethnic groups. And what Jesus was doing back in these days, the insignificance of what was going on. You had the Jews, you had the Hebrew Jews, and you had the Greek Jews. And when you're talking about some of the language here, verse 13, how his blood took those who were far off and brought them near. He was talking about the non-Jews, us, Gentiles. And he's talking about when you were in the temple before Jesus died on the cross. The Jews had their own place that they can have, going to the holies of holies, they can get close to God. But if you are a non-Jew, consider me and Abe, We weren't allowed to go in that area. We weren't allowed to mix with the Jews. And they had a partition, a wall that was built. And they said, how do you know? Well, they had excavation. When they excavated the area later on, years later, and they found this this, this plate that says, if you cross this wall as a Gentile, you will die. What a church service. You cross this wall, God's gonna kill you by the name of, by the law. You got of love? Well, he's saying here the power of the cross, he destroyed that. Look, and you look in verses 14 through 16, you see that reconciliation does more than we think. Reconciliation is destructive and it's also constructive. Look at some of the words you see in there. Broken down, abolish, kill some things. So you got to kill things to bring new things to life. How many agree? Yes. So he said broken down, the dividing wall, that wall, the temple, the barrier. How about now? The barrier of flesh that separates each and every one of us. That, that, those default settings that we all grew up with. Those... Uh, those things that we believe that separate us, Christ the gospel destroys those things. It destroys them. It's amazing. When you go around the world, when I went to Turkey and we had briefings about how much the Greeks, they disdain the Greeks. And the Greeks, when we went to Greece, disdained those in Turkey. And they're right next door, the neighbors. Or if you go to Iraq, and you have the Shiites, and you have the Sunnis, tribes. One's in power, has a history. The other one has in power. And they're tribes, ethnic groups. But there's a wall. There's a barrier of hate. Or I spent time in Okinawa. People think Okinawans are Japanese. They're not. They're from Samoan descent. They don't like the Japanese. They invade the island. So did we. We're still there. They like to farm and fish. The hostilities. Then only the gospel break. So you got to those, those destroy those things. you got to destroy those things. What do you think about other people? I read history books. Didn't I went around the world? All books are slanted to American style. None of that stuff's true. Some of it's true, but a lot of it isn't. When i go to countries that I'm called to defend and, and take a rifle and, and defend... I see regular people like us, like, can we um, raise a family, and can we uh, find peace? Can we find a God? What you see on TV sometimes is just not, it might be 10 people that they block and look like 100. Majority says, I don't know what to believe. I just want peace. I just want to raise my family. The flesh in the gospel destroyed it, destroys all that. And when you look at it, that's what he's saying here. His death satisfied the law once and for all. Now, when you talk about the law because Jesus came to fulfill the law, he's talking about the ceremonial law. They have ceremonial laws about who's clean and who's unclean. That's what he's talking about. The, Jew, the, the Gentiles were unclean. The Jews were clean. Now, the Jews had their own issues. They had the, they had the Hebrew Jews that were purely purebred. Everyone say purebred. purebred. Then you had the Greek Jews. Now, the Greek Jews were not the um, Hebrew Jews. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 6, they didn't even get along. they called the Hebraic Jews. They didn't get along because the Hebrew Jews wouldn't take care of the Greek Jews' as widows. This is the church. So then you had the Gentiles thrown in there, and they had, they had problems. Now, Christ, when he died on the cross, he had a dual purpose. Let me tell you what he did in a practical realm. Practically, he did this. Dean. Dean, you're not annoyed yet because you don't have the haircut. <laughs> but um, he said, when he died on the cross, first, I must reconcile, I must bring peace to two hostile people, the Jews and the Gentiles. Everyone tracking with me? Then I must take these two and reconcile them both to God. When I reconcile them both to God, they don't know how to reconcile. Stay, stay reconciled to one another. See, me and Devon, it's impossible for us to be reconciled to one another if we've never been reconciled to God first. Now, what you're hearing today in society, when is the government gonna do anything? Well, they can't do anything because they don't have the power to do anything. The gospel does. Well, let's have a law that Devon, make Devon love me. It ought to work. It worked back in the 50s. And then we built this fault line, right? Peace. It really works until something happens and that fault line explodes. And here we are, 2018. How are we doing? The fault line, we created it. Christ, at the cross, destroyed the fault line and built a new foundation called peace. And we want more laws, but we have less love. Right? When you have more love, you have less laws. I mean, how many laws do you need? Put the seatbelt on. Don't put the seatbelt on. Don't speed. Don't, don't, Don't put the phone. I don't know. I need to have a phone, right? But how many laws do we need? I'm like, love does a lot, doesn't it? Like the love. Okay, love. Why do you need, well, kindness. Oh, yeah, that comes with love, don't it? Yeah. Love, yeah. Kindness comes with love, don't it? Yeah. Don't peace come with love? That's right. Patience comes with love, don't it? That's right. Joy, that comes with love, doesn't it? Um, Self-control. Yeah, Yeah, that that comes with that. Does come with love, doesn't it? And the one that comes with love comes with the that guy named the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah, remember that guy, the guy that empowers me that I don't have. He empowers me to to love. With kindness, love, peace, joy. Oh, that guy. Yeah. You mean I don't have to, I don't have to elect him every four years, do I? <laughs> He's inside of me. Oh, yeah, that guy. So when he did the reconciliation, he created one new man. You want to know his name? You want to know what the man's name is? The one new man is called, get your pens out and write it down. I'm going to give you who the man's name is, what the name is. You ready? The church. The church. What does the new man look like? Me and Abe. Really? Yeah. When God looks down, he looks at the church. Look at me and Abe. The Church, that's the most vital thing on the planet, right? Now, if you needed, if you needed let's have a joke. If you needed an uh, a, uh, organ transplant, who, if you needed a kidney, and you fill out all the, all the documents, would you care if Abe was Filipino and he had a match? No. Would you? No. I wouldn't care. Because it's a vital what? Is this vital? You're almost there. (laughs) Is this vital? Why do we make it vital? When God calls to walk a whole higher level. That's what Jesus did on the cross. And it's our greatest opportunity to walk that way. How many enjoy worship? Do you know we, they wrote those songs? It that One Great God, but we redid we it. Those are our songs that the worship team wrote. Why? Because we're discovering that we're the church. We're the church. Creativity comes out of the church. Mosaic life comes out of the church. We are the church. We're more than just saved people under the blood of Jesus. We're the church. We're the answer. We're one family. That's what makes it so great. That's what makes it so great. When you look at that, so when you look at that, I mean, unless we have peace with God, we can't have peace with one another. That's the first thing. But even Peter, remember Peter? Peter, I love Peter. I Sometimes I think I'm Peter. You fall into success, you just fall into it. Big mouth, just fall into stuff. Now, Peter, if you look in Galatians chapter 2, is amazing. Verse 14, Paul was called to the uh, to the, uh To the uh, Gentiles, the non Jews, to be the apostle. And Peter and and, um, Barnabas, Barnabas was an amazing guy. He was an encourager. Well, they had this issue. They they were a little nervous. They would go down and they would hang out and eat bacon with the Gentiles. Peter and Barnabas had bacon. I love bacon. So I'm using bacon. They're eating bacon. Well, the brothers from the Jewish brothers would come in and see Peter come down. They said, Peter, we're coming into town. Oh, hold up, guys, I gotta leave. So then he'll go over there and he'll go eat kosher franks <laughs> with the brothers and leave them over there. And he said, I don't know you guys yet. Now, when they leave, I'll come back and hang out with the, the bacon. So they were caught between the two. So it said this confrontation happened and Paul was a rough dude. He said he, he confronted them face to face. Whenever you see something about Paul confronting somebody, Paul was raw. Okay, he, he front the face. Now, he says in verse 14, which really caught me after all these years, he said this. He said, um, First, he said, they were led astray by hypocrisy. He said, When I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel. What is the truth of the gospel? One family. The truth of the gospel. That's a non-negotiable. A non-negotiable. That's something else. So the truth of the gospel. I said to Sophia, before them all, if you though a Jew live like a Gentile when the guys aren't here and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like a Jew? Let me tell you what I'm getting at. We all have the false settings in our lives. We like what we like. And what we call diversity in life, even in America, we try to do this thing. Let's go ahead and, and save a nation and treat them and let, make them act like we do. So I will judge you about what I would do. So let's build a nation like me. Or let's get together and go to your church, and we'll act your way. And you come over to my church, and we'll act your way. And then we'll only do this once a year. February, maybe shortest month of the year. And, and we, we have unity. Or we'll get together and we'll play music that half of us don't know. because our default settings. Now, unity uh, true ethnic diversity. You have to leave your default settings and come to the center. And I like it. Well, that's cool. But guess what? You got rhythm, now you gotta learn not to have it. <laughs> and you guys, you know, you guys don't have rhythm, now you gotta learn how to have rhythm. And the only thing, look, I, I do everything, I love it, but the only thing I'm not compromising on, okay. Here, right now, the only thing I'm not going to compromise, which is unbiblical, biblical, is uh, green bean casserole. <laughs> That's the devil. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. You give it to me, it's going to Miss Robbie. And don't ask me how it was, because I just told you biblically on tape, I don't like it. Because if I have to lie, <laughs> okay. Brought you back. And that's just a matter of joke. But what I'm getting at, the default settings should be really our main point. Get to our main point. What he's saying here. Got our main point there? I got you. I messed him up. I'm moving it up. I'm good. Verse 13 said, there it is. Distinction and uniqueness does not lead to division. What am I saying? Verse 19 says this. When you look at verse 19, it says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God. What, what, Je- what Jesus did, he created, he created a new mankind, a new human nature. An undivided humankind, our uh, humanity, a new human race. The church, okay, united in Himself, He took the hostility in Himself. Let me give you a practical working of that. I have more in common with the Iranian believer than I have with an un, with an American unbeliever. Let that sink in. I have more in common with an Iranian believer than I do with an American unbeliever. I have more in common with Abe than I have my who's a believer than I have with my own nephew who is an unbeliever. What unites me, Ephesians 4 6. One God, Father of all, who's over all, through all, and in all. What Jesus did, He built a new humanity. It's us, the church. It's a higher level of thinking. That we don't fall victim to worldly lit thinking. And, and berating what's going on. The world's going to think like the world, but we think more highly than that. We see the sin is a great separator. Sin is a great argument. Sin is all those things because they don't have, there's no reference point on what this looks like. The only reference point due north we have is Jesus himself. And we know we share the same father, one father, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one body. That when we spend the rest of our days and we'll see each other again when we pass through this place forever. And now we know our place, this is now our permanent home. So we get to practice here. But look, at the end of the day, we just practice here because you'll see your real body when you go. And I make jokes about it all the time. But the cross that we know, the gospel, the cross is a place where all the barriers, all the default settings were destroyed between God and man and man In man. No, I have to find man, measure man by the principles and by the declaration of God. Not by what he said or did or is doing, because we're still here on this earth and we're still flesh. And I'm so happy I have a Savior who does not judge me by my daily words. Can I get an amen? amen? That's what it's about. We're one family. That's why the gospel be transmitted in all different languages. And people are getting saved through it. Because it's a universal language that touches the heart, not the head. When we sing it in Spanish, it's the heart. Yeah, people sitting there singing. They just learn the song in and, and, and one day. Why? Because God is honored in that, and he'll give you that just that quick. I'm going to close with this. What are you saying? Thank you, sir. When I traveled the world, even before I knew Christ, says, you are far off. Anybody get to travel overseas? You have to have a passport. This is my nice, pretty one after they, my identity got taken and lost $1,200 on a trip. And they didn't pay me back. And they sent me this nice little cover, like, this is worth $1,200? Really? It's the government. But I love them. I'm, I'm OK. I'm, I'm healed. In Jesus name. <laughs> I had to get in and out with this. And come to church and have my passport, check in, and get stamped and leave. Or I check into your life and I check back out and we had our passports and no connection. No connection to God, no connection to you. Hey, how you doing? It's good. See you. I can't stand that guy. I just went to church and check the box. I was Lutheran, so I just wanted to play basketball. <laughs> and what the cross did, when Jesus was talking about us as a people, he took us from being, having passports with one another. He gave us all uh, new birth certificates. And all of us have the same daddy on the birth certificates. So when you see me, you see Elder Terry. Amen. So I don't have to have hair. He has it all. <laughs> when you see all of us, you see we have the same daddy. That's what makes it so marvelous. And that's why I think at a higher level, I've been helping people. We went to Hardin Simmons, and we had a great discussion about this this last week. I'm glad I got invited back. So let's talk about what God talks about. Let's talk about ethnic. I so said, I've been around the world. It's nothing worth sitting in a, in a room sometime with a, you have, a uh, you have an Iranian Christian, you have an Iraqi Christian who are waiting for the big one to happen. I'm like, ah, it's grace, it's grace. You know what I mean? But they still read the Old Testament because it's everywhere. Mankind will kill mankind without loving God. And y'all are parents. If you didn't have God, you would have killed your kids by now.
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. don't say that's on tape.
0: <laughs> Worship team, come on up. I got time. They're worried about the fire. Oh, there it is. I better not lose my passport because then they might lose that again and I won't get to go to Israel like I was gonna go. I'm gonna end on a high note. I love I love movies. They speak louder. They speak to kids because kids don't question them. Um, cartoons, adults say, "What does that mean?" Anyway, um, it's a video called "We Are Family," and then we're gonna end um, worshiping God. Here's my heart. It's a lot of pressure going on around us. A lot of pushing, and everyone's asking, "What? What? What?" But always remember. We're the church. When they're asking for the Calvary, don't be afraid to the stem and say, we are the Calvary. You ought to meet my friend. You ought to meet my brother. You ought to meet my sister. How's that happen? Well, you ought to, now you need to meet my God. This is our greatest hour. Not for us to shirk back and be scared. We have the, we're the answer. We're not, we're not a social club we are they? We're the ones. You say, what's my job? Shine your light in a crooked and perverse generation because our kids need it. They might have took prayer out of school, but it was the last time you walked around your school. You don't need to be inside the building. God don't need to be inside the building. He just needs to be inside of you. Let's watch this video. Have a great time, and then we're going to worship. That's me, that's me falling into the hole. Still stand up. Yeah, I'm the one in the middle. Revelation 7, 9 and 10 says this, after I looked and behold a great multitude, no one can number, no one can tell where they came from. They are from everywhere, from every nation, tribe, people, languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, all even, clothed in white robes, palm branches in the hand, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne to the Lamb. And when God looks upon heaven, he sees his church, all different tongues, languages, tribes, everything. And all we do is say, God, it all belongs to you. God, we worship you. God, salvation belongs to you, reconciliation belongs to you, love belongs to you, why? Because you're a great God, you're an awesome God, you're a mighty God. Can I get a hand clap? You're awesome, you're wonderful. The white clothing, the white clothing signifies our purity when we meet together in church, when we meet together downtown, when we meet together in each other's house. That's where we're pure before God. When he sees us, he sees his children. Not white, black, purple, orange, or green. He sees his children. All he sees is the tribe. All he sees is the tongue. All he sees is the language. But most of all, he sees his children. Because his children worship God this morning. And tell him how great he is. How awesome he is. How mighty he is. And Father, I thank you this morning, God. You're mighty. You're wonderful. Thank you, Lord God, for this mighty church mighty people because we have a mighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.